Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW Dynamite review. I am Mike Fenn. I'm joined by, as always, by Brad Harcastle. What's going on? A lot. Um, well, yeah. no, I shouldn't say a lot. It's a a light news week, sort of, but a heavy Dynamite week. This was one of my favorite Dynamites this year. Oh, yeah, I, this is a really good episode. I absolutely fucking loved it. It was so fun. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, for news this week, um, most of the news comes out of NJPW this week. And we won't talk too much about results. We haven't watched all the results, but the new, the Japanese New Beginning show um, aired, I don't know what, it was like yesterday, yesterday, yeah, yesterday and the day before, it, it, it It's depends. hard with the time zones, but. <laughs> yeah, it depends if you, they had, essentially, they had two nights of pay-per-view. <laughs> um, the first night was good. Uh, with uh, with a tag championship match with it, which is worth a watch, which I thought was very good. In the second half of the match, and the first half of the match was too much comedy for me. Yeah, it was, personally. it was pretty nuts. But that's how they've been building up this whole rivalry between them. It was like between uh, it's the Suzuki Goon team. Was dangerous, dangerous Checkers and uh, uh, God Gorilla's Destiny. Yeah, so that is uh, that's Tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr., who is mm-hmm. currently one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. I love that guy right now. He so has good. he's completely won me over. He's I find him endlessly entertaining now, and I used to skip his matches. So mm-hmm. that's saying something. He's converted me. Um, so they had a match. It was very good match. Um, but then the main event is between Sho of Rapongi 3K. But while Yo is injured, Sho has been doing singles. And it's against Hiromu Takahashi for the junior heavyweight title. And that is one of... Well, first of all, it's the longest New Japan light heavyweight match ever. Yeah. They've been... Because um, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Takahashi wrestled like the two longest junior matches at Wrestle Kingdom your match so they're really like in making him go like the mile like the extra mile they're making him wrestle these long epic matches it was just fucking amazing yeah i absolutely loved this match show has an intensity that nobody else has in that in new japan for me he's the most intense man in wrestling for me right mm-hmm. now. I get, I get so much. Uh, I don't want to say out of so little, but like he gets a lot out of doing very little. He yeah. does a lot, but like, uh, like he'll go the first ten mat or ten minutes of the match, and it's just elbows. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, and, he and Takahashi have a series going. Um, show beat him in the. Well, it was Battle of the Super Juniors? Best of the Juniors, yeah. Best of the Super Juniors, and so that's how he got this match. So once Hiromo won the belt, then he gave Ho, show, Ho, he gave <laughs> show the, uh, the, the title shot, and I don't want to 
ruin the ending or the result, but it is it's in easily in my top five of the year so far. Yeah, easily. It's very good. It's what you ex- expect, and then some of the New Japan Junior division. Like they, these two guys, they work so well together, and everything was just so crisp and fast paced. It was, it was nuts. It's not flippy shit. Nope. 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 Show is the guy who drags the flippy guys into a war. Mm-hmm. That's what Show does. He yeah, would... Show does that, and then if, if you've never watched uh, Takahashi wrestle, he's more like a he's kind of like a Darby Allen. Like he kind of just uses his body yes. as a weapon. Like mm-hmm. he's a devil may care type guy. Throws caution to the wind, and he's the guy who a few years ago broke his neck. Yes, and yeah. was on the shelf for what two years. Mm-hmm maybe longer um, rehabbing. And then he only showed up when he was ready to challenge for the title again. Yeah. Which was amazing. Um, But anyway, that match is absolutely fantastic. Um, I can watch night two now, but yes, I'm able to. Yep. I do need to watch night two. (laughs) I was going to bed when night two was starting the other night. I was like, Oh God, I got to go to bed. (laughs) It was like, if I stay up a minute longer, I'm going to end up watching this. I'm going to be up when the sun comes up. (laughs) Yeah. By the time it comes on, usually right when the show's end is when I wake up for work. So I usually just try to watch it when I get home from work. Normally their shows will start at about three in the morning Mm -hmm. or around that. But for some reason, uh, I guess it was a longer show than normal because it was like approaching, just approaching two o'clock and they were saying that it was starting. I was like, oh God, I got to go to bed or yeah. else I'm going to watch this. Um, during the pandemic, I've been staying up a lot later because my work schedule has been more flexible. So <laughs> my my sleep schedule is all, I'm getting enough sleep. I'm just, just staying up. I'm, yeah, I'm staying up really late. All Even right. if I wasn't working, I can't stay up late. I've never been. I, I'm a, the type of guy that's asleep by like 1130. I was passing out on the couch a couple of days ago at like 12 o'clock, 1230. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And I had the most restless sleep because I haven't mm. gone to bed that early in months. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm not going to try that again until <laughs> I have a reason to. Yeah. And it's been super cold where I live, so. I've been bundled up, and it makes me even more sleepy than I normally am. The The man from Oklahoma is having colder weather than the man from Canada right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a bizarre <laughs> world right now. Like, we don't get temperatures as cold as you're having right now. That is, like, that's, like, subarctic. Yeah. And we're not built for <laughs> it down here, so it's, like, everyone's going nobody's, kind of crazy and stuff. <laughs> nobody's built for that. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so... Just kind of, I mean, not segueing from the cold, but segueing from New Japan. I thought we would, um, I mean, I kind of spoiled this a little bit, but uh, I thought we'd talk about each of our top 10 wrestlers to start the show. Because, uh, yeah, so I'm going to start because I thought it's kind of cool to check in maybe a few months in and see how it how it's mm-hmm. changed. So I will start with my number 10, and that is Layla Hirsch. Um, she is the lone female wrestler on my list which is a shame but that's kind of dictated by the two promotions that i watch which is new japan who has no women mm-hmm. and AEW, who has mishandled them yeah they so. like to act like they don't have women sometimes <laughs> boo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh layla hirsch is my number 10 
My number nine is Jeff Cobb, and he's been in my top ten since I first saw him in PWG. Mm-hmm. I love that guy, and I think he's finally starting to click with um, in New Japan. Yeah, he is. For, he's. They were not match of this year so far from New Japan. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for for a while, when he first showed up, they weren't booking him very well. Mm-hmm. And he was looking fairly weak, and I was wondering why he was staying there. He's still, um, if you look online, he's still under the freelancer category. So I don't know if he's actually officially signed there, or if it's just under, that's just where he is right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he kind of likes to have freedom. So like yeah. he'll he'll be there until it's safe for him to go multiple places, I think is... Yeah what's happening right now so i i like that for him he's having a good time <laughs> my number eight is zach saber jr he honestly he could be up a little higher but i that's where he is for me right now i i love that guy he is just it's like wrestling an elastic band mm-hmm. um yeah he's he's, he's so actually lucky. a he's actually an incredible striker he has so much charisma too which mm-hmm. is what i like about him um he can go with the toughest guys he looked really good against tongaloa in mm-hmm. that in that tag match against a man who's like 100 pounds heavier than him yeah next i have hiroki goto who is he's sort of he's the guy that i just have a, i just have a soft spot for for goto he's the guy who for throughout the early 2000s he was he was essentially the G1 winner every year <laughs> or in the finals yeah. for the G1 or the New Japan Cup every year without ever winning the championship. Yeah, he's like, what's that saying? Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Mm-hmm. He, he's, the, uh, he's the samurai warrior. He is the epitome of Japanese fighting spirit. <laughs> um, he's, he's absolutely that mix of strong style and um, King's Road style which yeah. is drop you on your fucking head mm-hmm. yeah he's got a samurai look too he looks cool as heck his shirts now are dope as hell mm-hmm. and the thing is the thing is he's older now and he's he's never gonna get that title shot now um no. so he's i'm always be like ishii i'm always rooting for him and every once in a while in these tournaments he gets a big win over somebody big um but he he's an incredible worker and He's one. He's like that one guy who's never going to get a title that should get a title. He's in the same category as Ishii, and mm-hmm. he's he's pretty ex- uh, interchangeable with him in terms mm-hmm. of uh, their position within the company. They'll rotate having the never open, never open weight title yeah. type stuff. Yeah, he's, he's like perpetual never open weight guy. He's the mid carder who jobs to the stars essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the mid card champion who jobs to the stars. Mm-hmm. Then we have Pack. And need I say more? This guy is incredible. He does yeah. things that no human body should do. Mm-hmm. He's he's got the upper body of uh, who is that guy who you who was friends with uh, a, a Brody, the old Brody, um, Frank Atlas, something Atlas. I can't remember oh, his name. Yeah, he's old classic. Anyways, he's got the upper body of the guys from like from the eighties in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like looking all roided out, like the upper body of that, but he's a he's a cruiserweight, and yeah. but he's just built like an inverted triangle. He's yeah. incredible. <laughs> um, he does everything well. He flies. Okay, yeah. He'll submit yeah. you. 
He'll strike with you. I've seen him powerbomb Walter. Like, he's amazing. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's now incredible on the mic, which they didn't really let him speak before. Actually, WWE did near the end. Yeah, at the end when they pretty much made him the bastard character that he perfected now. But, yeah, he's, he <laughs> talked a lot then. But before he didn't, ever. So good. Then I have a tag team, the Young Bucks. I love the Young Bucks. Need I say more? Mm-hmm. They're so good. And you realize how good they are when you see just when you see how well structured their multi-man tags are, like seeing them every week, I appreciate them more mm-hmm. than I did before. Before it's just like, Oh, they're just spot monkeys. No, a spot monkey match versus a young bucks match is very different. Yes. The young bucks know when to do the moves. The young bucks know how to incorporate injuries into their Matt Jackson is one of the best sellers I've seen in my life. You mm-hmm. never know if his injuries are real or not. Because he does have chronic injuries, but he mm-hmm. works them into the match. Yeah. Amazing. He's so fucking good. Next, Jungle Boy is at my number four. I have loved Jungle Boy for two or three years now since he came on to the indie scene. Um, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to be one of the best champions AW's ever had and in like the new this new wrestling world that we have he's going mm-hmm. to be one of the top top guys oh, yeah, he will sure. be he'll be the Kenny Omega in a few years and i predict he'll have some gold around his waist by the end of the year yeah, um, yeah he'll definitely i don't know if it'll be tag team but i could definitely see the TNT title he he, he could win the tag team but i actually i want to see him split off mhm I would like to see um, Marco and and Luchasaurus become the tag team because Jungle Boy, hit, he has had about three or four match of the year contenders that are just almost like novelty single matches, singles mm-hmm. matches where they'll just throw them out with somebody and it's all and everybody's always just like, oh, you have to watch this one match. It's it's some of the best pure wrestling you'll ever see. And then he goes back to tag team wrestling again. And his tag team wrestling is very different from his mm-hmm. from his singles wrestling. He can go with anybody. He just went with Dax. He's gone with MJF three times, and they've all been bangers. He went with Jericho that one time where they had that stipulation where Jericho said that he could beat him within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that was a good match, too. It's, he's, he's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Then a number three show. I've talked about show already. He Mm -hmm. is just, if you haven't watched him, go watch him. And he's, he's like the short Kota Ibushi. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good description of him. At number two, Kota Ibushi. (laughs) He's the, (laughs) he's the tall show. Um, (laughs) He's not even that tall. Show's just short. Um, But they pretty much look the same. That. I, that's probably a little racist. That's not what I mean. I mean, they have the same <laughs> hair and they have the same build. Yeah. Um, shaggy hair. Yeah. They have the same haircut. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and they have the same mean streak like that, that switch that flips and they mm-hmm. just, and like all thought leaves their brain Yeah, and they just go when Coda goes murder bushy. Yeah. That's so it's, Hypes me up every time he does that. 
It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. Like I'm always afraid he's going to real life knock somebody out by accident mm-hmm. when he's doing that. Yeah, and even more so now that he's become like a body guy. Like he's even more terrifying whenever he gets like that. Yeah. Also, I got back to show for one second. I got to give credit to the shape that guy's in. He was in yeah. good shape before. He's changed his body again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how he looks different. I texted yeah. you the other day. I was like, wait, is that show? You're like, yeah. yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. He's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. He's, and then, he's pretty young too, so he could change up his body a lot. And he's a tag wrestler. He He's like Jungle Boy. He's somebody that they got to get him out of his tag team because mm-hmm. he's an absolute star. Yeah. And then Kenny Omega as my number one. Need I say more? He's the best wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I can't say anything else. He's just, he's perfect. And now he's, now he's working with storylines where, mm-hmm. uh, where he's in the main event scene. He's talking, he's got Don Callis. He's got, he's turned the whole wrestling world on its head right now. And his detractors fucking hate him because mm-hmm. he's so good and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I took up I, I all of just... our time. Now it's your turn. Yeah. All right. Number <laughs> 10 for me. Is Thunder Rosa. Okay. Uh, I've become a huge fan of her since she's, I've, I've, I've seen her wrestle before, but since she's been on um, AEW, it's like, I've just become a big fan. And I just, I hope they sign her because I, she could probably be one of their top faces of the women's division there. Mm-hmm. And, and she's, I don't even know how long she's been wrestling, but she comes across as a veteran. So she could. Not even that long. Like yeah. three or four years experience at most. Mm-hmm. It's she, I mean, crazy. Seems like a veteran, mm-hmm. and that's what they need too in the their division. Uh, number nine for me is Walter in WWE oh, UK yes. division. I've been a huge fan of his since I first saw him wrestle like four years ago or so. He, what I like about him is he's a big man, and not I'm not knocking the big guys that fly and stuff, but he has one flying move. It's just a splash, but he wrestles like a big man. And that's what I like to see. And his chops are just legendary. Just terrifying. Terrifying mm-hmm. man. It legit and sounds he, like gunshots whenever he chops he, someone. And he just looks like Stay Puff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like a big baby. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing He's, intimidating about his look. But then when you see him wrestle, you're like, right, I'm terrified. Yeah, he'll he'll <laughs> kill you. And then uh, next is Jay White. Uh, I think he's on an incredible run right now. His promo after Wrestle Kingdom was one of the best promos I've seen in a long time. He worked me into thinking that he was quitting New Japan. He worked a lot of people. Yes, he his did. wrestling has only gotten better since uh, he switched. Because when he was, was a young lion, he was a more high flyer type guy. And okay. Because the first time I saw him was he was he was on excursion when he was in Ring of Honor. And mm-hmm. he was a high flyer. But now That's he's crazy. more methodical. Yeah, now he's more methodical and he's bulked up a lot. And like he he looks like like just a dick and like that's what i like about him and he talks like one he's just like he's really good at his role and then next is candace LeRae. uh she's my favorite female wrestler of all time i've been a big fan of hers for many years since her pwg days uh i hate that wwe hasn't put the nxt women's championship on her because she more than deserves it she uh, she's just one of the best wrestlers period in my book she's so good one of like, everything she can do is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, was her PWG with Joey Ryan. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And, and the young bucks. Yeah. That's top five favorite match for me. Their guerrilla warfare match. 
and she like showed how tough she was in that match by taking a super kick with a spiked shoe and just bled buckets the whole match and still won. Uh, supposedly, uh, in, in the Young Bucks book, um, I think it's either Matt or Nick Jackson talks about that, where his wife has banned him from being, from ever doing anything like that again, from being <laughs> in another intergender match and from, uh, being in anything remotely that violent again. She, <laughs> she's furious with him after yeah. that match. Cause it, that, that match like, is brutal to watch, man. It, Matt look Matt feel he, Matt won't watch that match again because mm-hmm. uh, he had he had the boot he looked at it he's like well we're committed to this it is tax all on the bottom and mm-hmm. he super kicked her he said as hard as he's ever super kicked anyone in the head he said right away he saw the big knot above her eyes like mm-hmm. oh my god I'm divorced <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but yeah she I mean she toughed it out she before she signed with WWE she had those. Shirts that read, uh, I'm tougher than you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she proved it in PWG, not only with the Bucks, but she would go toe-to-toe with Super Dragon and stuff. She's nuts, man. Absolutely. And so next on my list is Bandito. He's a luchador, Mexico. In the U.S., he wrestles in uh, Ring of Honor. He is just so insane to me, some of the stuff he can do. He's got such a cool look. He looks like a, a, a bandit. In it, but his finishing move, the 21 plex, is like... Rebound German. I don't even know how to describe it. He like bounces off the opponent's back in the ropes, and then as he's coming back around, he German suplexes him, and it's just <laughs> incredible. Awesome. I posted a GIF on Facebook of him uh, changing direction mid Hurricane Rana to Hurricane Rana, someone the other way. What? And he's yeah, he's also super strong too. He does a uh, flipping uh, fallaway slam off the top rope, like he'll pick someone up and carry him up the top rope and do it. He's he's nuts. I can't wait till. Lockdown's over, and he can come back to the States more. Uh, next is um, AJ Gray. Ooh, uh, yes. My favorite independent wrestler. He's got one of the best lariats. He's, he's tied with the best lariat. I'll get to who has the other tied best lariat on my list. But he, And he's so funny. If you follow him on Twitter, he's hilarious. And he's... Uh, I don't know when he's going to break out onto the mainstream, but it's coming soon. People it's are afraid. Of, people are afraid of AJ Gray. Yeah, they are. His his lariat sounds like a shotgun whenever he hits you with it. He <laughs> he's even getting into deathmatch wrestling now, which is nuts because he doesn't seem like a deathmatch wrestler guy. But he doesn't he's good have at to. it. He yeah, he's good at it. Any. If you watch his deathmatches, he's good at it. And then uh, next, I've got Kenny Omega. For the same reasons mm-hmm. everyone has Kenny Omega on there, he's mm-hmm. he's the best wrestler alive today. There's no getting around it. His promos are a little weird when you first hear them, but they grow on you. And there's, he does a promo like no one else does, like his cadence. He's and the better. Way he speaks. His promos are better now that he's a heel. Mm-hmm. His his promos as a as a face are a little awkward. Yeah, but his promos as a heel are up there with the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his whole character thing now well, i'll get into it when we talk about the show more but he's like morphing into michael jordan and it makes me laugh <laughs> uh but i mean the best i'd say the best knee strikes in all of wrestling they're so crisp and no wasted motion in the ring there's i mean what else can you say about kenny omega he's freaking kenny omega and then next i got uh shingo takagi i absolutely love shingo takagi he's one of my favorite wrestlers uh 
he's got the other best lariat in wrestling. His pumping bomber lariat is just so deadly looking. I love watching him wrestle. Uh, he's in my favorite match of the year right now with one of your top wrestlers, Jeff Cobb. It's my go try to find that match it's, if you can. It's amazing. Mm. It's easy just, to find it right now because it's on yeah, Wrestle Kingdom on Roku. Yeah, yeah go watch it. New Japan's got Roku stuff up now, so if you got Roku, look for New Japan on there. I even think you can just download an app on your phone if you don't have a Roku box to watch it. But yeah, he's so good. Everything he does just looks like it hurts. And he's they when they brought him into New Japan, he was a junior, but. That was weird because no. he's like 40 pounds heavier than everyone in the junior division. <laughs> yeah, stupid. <laughs> he's, he's, the, uh, he's the opposite of Zack Sabre Jr. who's like yeah. 170 pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like a brick wall. He, he's awesome. Uh, my number two is Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. He's mm. been one of my favorite wrestlers since I was a teenager when I first saw him in Ring of Honor. I guess late teenager is when I first saw him, but he's just... So good. I think he's the, probably the best American professional wrestler ever. Uh, I mean, everyone knows who Daniel Bryan is. Then you don't really need. To, I don't know what else to say about him, but it seems like he's going to be retiring soon, so that's going to be sad. But and then number one, if you know me at all, it's no surprise. It's Minoru Suzuki. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> he's like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's just an old bastard that will beat the crap out of you and laugh about it. Laugh about it if you beat him up. And uh, right now in New Japan, he's doing a thing where he's pissed off all the young lions, so they're trying to beat him up. And he's just loving every second. He's like, bring me the pain, and I'll bring you the pleasure and all this stuff. And he's just gone crazy beating up the young lions. And he's, he's murdered 52. Grandpa. Yeah, he's 52, <laughs> but he could probably out-wrestle uh, a lot of wrestlers. Like, any any wrestler you think of, he, he could hang with. And he's legit. He started a whole MMA promotion in Japan. Uh, just if if you've never seen Minoru Suzuki, just look him up. He's got such a cool look. He just looks like an old man that'll that you don't want to piss off. He's the most terrifying old old man yeah. ever. He looks older than he is too. Yeah, I thought he yeah, was he older than fifty two. Yeah, it's he that, is he's weathered. Lived, yeah, he's lived that hard life. But if you see him when he was young, he was like super handsome. Like he looked like a movie star. Yeah, and now he looks like a boot, or at least his yeah. face does. His body yeah. looks fantastic for fifty two. Yeah, yeah, he's he's cut way too. Like I was watching a, some match from like three or four years ago, and he was a lot bigger. But now he's like svelte. He can move around a lot better and stuff. I'm sure his knees feel better that he's lost all the weight. And he, uh, if you follow him on Twitter or Instagram, he posts sock pictures all the time. He's a big inspiration for me because I wear socks all the time, different crazy socks. So me too, me too. He, yeah, he's just well, not the in the winter. In the winter, I wear I wear wool socks. But yeah. I wish I had some right now. <laughs> okay, so that was good. We will keep track of these lists and then yeah. see if they've been updated in about four months' time. Yeah, and I felt okay. Like when oh, you told me yeah. we were doing this, I like I told you, like my mind just went blank. Like I didn't have Zack Saber Junior. or Pac, and I'm just like, oh, how did I forget those guys? I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, like, and one... there's one guy, and I'm just like, how dare we? Mm-hmm. Chris fucking Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, we talk about him all the time. <laughs> How dare we? Yeah, it's not like include the dirty daddy. Yeah, it's like once I start thinking about it, so everything just leaves my mind. I was just like, it's oh so crap. I have guys up there at like number seven that no, you got you gotta leave, and dirty daddy's in there. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. 
Hiroki Godu, I love you. You're on the honorable mention. Dirty Daddy's in there. There, yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Changed it. Okay, so let's get to... I'm going to run through the the impact and the dark stuff real quick. Just one okay. little bit for each of them, because we took a little more time than normal at the beginning of the show here. So uh, on impact, Tony Khan did his usual paid ad. Um, he's... They're... they're Outside at the football field for this one at uh, mm-hmm. at Daly's place, and he's sen- he's essentially saying like, "Guys, I am the forbidden door." Yeah. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I allowed this to happen. It's my choice. I did <laughs> this. I'm the forbidden door. I'm gonna keep doing it. This is fun, right? Let's go. And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, Tony Khan, <laughs> keep this going. This is great. I this is the most excited I've been." Uh, for wrestling in a long time, and the mm-hmm. past few shows haven't even been that great. Yeah, and they, it's I'm still buzzing at the end of the show because Tony Khan's just doing shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just saying, <laughs> and "Fuck I'm it, so I'll excited, do whatever, doing whatever the fuck he wants." It's great. Mm-hmm. All right, so dark this week. I'm just going to talk about one match real quick. Tay Conti absolutely murdered Alex Gracia. Just pure brutality. Just murdered her. Nice. Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> like, just brutal. Like, I'm not surprised she's put somebody in the hospital mm-hmm. off of an AEW show before. <laughs> like, she is <laughs> she is stiff looking. Yeah. Well, she's and got I, the legit martial arts background, so it makes sense. Yeah. I legit can't tell if she's crushing this person's windpipe or what. <laughs> But it is it is fantastic to watch, so watch that match. Alright, on to Dynamite this week. I'll give just one little blurb here. What on paper looked like a one or two match show ended up being one of my favorites of the year. Go figure. Yeah. Um, I love how that works. And this was a live show. If No, was it? I think it was taped. I think last week was live. Okay. Yes, last week was live because obviously Kenta's arrival yeah, that would have gone. That would have leaked so fast. If, that if would have leaked. But uh, they didn't spoil anything for this week, and I'm glad they didn't because this was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. First match was Darby versus Janela. What were your expectations for this match? Uh, my expectations were uh, that they were just going to like kill each other with some huge spot. And this match did have big, brutal spots, but it was a lot more technical than I thought, and I really liked it. Like, they subverted my expectations in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so this match, this match was fucking awesome. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was such a good opener. It got me set up for the whole night. I loved it. This was the Janela that I fell in love with on the indies. Had I made that top ten list, Two or three years ago, Janela would have been on mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. That's how much I loved him on the Indies. He was fantastic. He was having hard hitting matches. His work rate was good. Um, he's been a little exposed in AEW, but to the point where it's just like, is this the same guy as that I watched on the Indies? But no, this match, this match showed what I fell in love with with Janela, which is just his earnest wacky baby face fire that he has mm-hmm. like it's like it's not smooth there's nothing yeah. smooth about it but yeah the match it it weirdly started off slow because both guys were showing 
traditional technical mat wrestling. Yeah, lots the, of chain wrestling and stuff. Which from Darby, we know that we know Darby has that. He's got mm-hmm. that really cool, um, quick, snappy chain wrestling that he breaks out sometimes. Yeah, but Joey likes to show it too. Some uh, every once in a while, and I really liked that. Jr. Jr. Really likes Joey Janela. I don't know if you've ever noticed that when yeah. he's when he's calling a Joey Janela match, he's like, I, he's always saying, "I really think Joey Janela, the sky's the limit for this guy." He's always pumping up Joey Janela's tires, and I am always so confused because he's absolutely yeah. the type of guy that Jr. would not like normally. He's but, probably never seen his hardcore matches, really. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For some reason, he really loves Joey Janela, yeah. and I, he he must make. JR laugh backstage or something. I don't yeah. know what it is. Hey, plus Joey kind of Joey Janela kind of looks like an '80s wrestler too. Like he does, tights and like the way he, he dresses does. and stuff. So maybe that's what JR likes. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah. So they start with the technical wrestling, and I'm just going to run through a bit of this. There's <laughs> a suplex. They're they're on the apron. There's this one spot, a, a suplex where uh, Darby goes for he goes for a suplex and. Janela reverses it. He goes stalling suplex and just drops Darby drops right on his face, face first on the apron. And yeah, that looked nuts. And immediately Darby grabbed his face. It was like, oh god, I yeah. knocked out all his teeth. On that. it was brutal. The mm-hmm. principal point of contact was his face on the fucking edge. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing that hit there, and yeah. everything else hit the floor. Um, and then J- Joey follows it up with a with an elbow suicida that I look like it blew the back of Derby's head off. Yeah, he like went he, flying after he hit him. He didn't give him a chance to pick up his teeth. <laughs> and J- Janela had his working boots on for this one. He really took it to Darby. He was fish hooking yeah. the injured mouth of Darby when yeah. they're rolling around on the ground back inside the ring. Um, Darby came back just with his usual sheer will well will power hitting Janela with a nasty tope that once again uh Janela smacked his head off the barricade. I love Darby's tope cuz he like once he gets through the ropes he just turns his body and his whole body itchy. It's so fast. It looks like an anime. It is mm-hmm. brutal. Yeah. Um like there's just like bright colors everywhere. <laughs> um at one point it looks like this is where Darby's got Joey Janela's number. He goes for a springboard coffin drop, but Janela catches him straight into a German suplex. Yeah, that's that was my favorite move of the match. That was so crisp. That this is popped where... me so hard when I was watching it on my couch. I was like, "Oh wow, I love that!" I was like, "Jesus Christ, Joey!" Like mm-hmm. Joey, Joey's not fucking around this match. He's just yeah, like, "You guys think I can't wrestle? Watch this shit." Yeah, this is why you need to put me on TV more. Is what he was saying. And immediately he goes right for the super kick afterwards. Super kicks uh, um, Darby's head clean off his head or his head clean off his shoulders. And on the indies, he's been using that super kick as his finish. Mm-hmm. So that is significant because he goes for the pin and gets an ear fall. Um, Darby hits him with the with his flipping stunner. They exchange pinning combinations. Um, Janela does a quick pop up pile driver. Mm-hmm. Which uh, he's got a really good pile driver. I like it. It's yeah. quick and snappy, like um, like Chucky e. T's. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. They go for the they go up on the top rope, and Darby hits a avalanche code red for a near fall. That was nuts. 
And then he hits the coffin drop for the win. Joey just, he showed up in this mm-hmm. match. Oh, for sure. He showed up in a yeah. way that I hope that he won back a lot of people because I knew he wasn't going to win this match, but I was I was clapping for Joey after this one. I was like, he, mm-hmm. he fucking went for it, man. Yeah, this was really good. And like I was saying at the beginning, like I really thought this was just going to be their typical, let's try to kill each other with a giant spot. And they, mm-hmm. they had those, but... Yeah, this was a lot more technical. It's just so fast. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It, it was great because you expected that, especially going into the. Uh, you think you think this is going to be setting Darby up as like, oh, we're going to show what it would be like in a street fight versus mm-hmm. Darby Allen. But like, no, Darby shows that he's he's not a hoodlum, like they yeah. said, and he can wrestle, um, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why uh, Taz was interested in him in the first place. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, Team Taz was inconspicuous by their absence, considering yeah. they said they would get involved in this match, and they didn't, and yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Um, Even commentary brought that up, too. Like, well, Team Taz said they were going to come out, but... But uh, they're nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Four stars. Fuck yeah. Yeah, for sure. Four-star Joey Janela match to open an mm-hmm. AEW show. Life is perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, what a time to be alive. I'm wearing my Joey Janela shirt in his honor. Yeah, that's such a cool shirt. I love it. It's cool. It's one of his I like sunny, that. Joey yeah, and Sunny. Like, I like shirts. that one they have too with like the tiger on it. That one's cool too. His graphic designer is awesome. Mm-hmm. Whoever's designing Joey's merch, he's got the best merch in AEW by yeah, far. Yeah, because when AEW first started, I really wanted that skull shirt with the cigarette hanging out the mouth. Like mm-hmm. that was such a cool shirt. Really cool still stuff. Get it. I should probably just go ahead. Oh yeah, it's, everything's still mm-hmm. on uh, unless they discontinue it for whatever reason. But no, I've bought I bought Young Bucks stuff that had their old design from when they were in New Japan. Mm. Okay, so next we have a Moxley promo, and Moxley's saying that Kent has been calling Moxley out for months that he's running around like with <laughs> with his stupid with his stupid brief with his stupid little briefcase looking like a dork. He said he's not surprised that Kent uh, showed up and attacked him. He said they're going to unload on one another, but that's going to be a sanctioned match in in NJBW. He's like tonight's not sanctioned. Tonight we're just going to beat the brakes off of each other and this is going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. And he we get the first look at the IWGP uh, US Heavyweight yes. Title. He He's doing out. this whole promo with with that beautiful belt, probably yeah. the best US title in yeah, wrestling for sure. Yeah, I, New Japan. They're whoever designs their belts is he's mm-hmm. they're good at their job because all their belts look great. I find their bigger belts are the they look best when they're big. Mm-hmm. I find the uh, the tag belt and the junior heavyweight belt they're a little small. Yeah. So they don't quite have the same impact, but I love the intercontinental, the heavyweight, and the U.S. heavyweight are mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so next we have some words from Sammy and NJF. So this one has Sammy. Trauma. This one has Sammy going into the locker room. MJF's in there, and uh, they tell everybody else. They tell everybody to to clear out. Sammy says, you know what, camera guy, come in here. I want you to be in here, with, which is very significant, and I will uh, tell why after. And he tells MJF, I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to break up the inner circle. Um, 
He's like, he's like, I watched the show. I can see this shit coming a mile away. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and MJF says, he takes out his phone casually, puts it down on the table. Um, I was like, well, that was deliberate. There's a reason yeah. for that. <laughs> and uh, MJF tells him, no, you know what? I think you're jealous of Chris Jericho. I think you're trying to break up the inner circle. I actually, I think you hate Chris Jericho. I think that you... Uh, miss being the sex gods and you're jealous of the relationship that we have now. And yeah, he's like, I think you're trying to break them up. And Sammy gets all sarcastic. He's like, he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to break up the inner circle. Sure. Of course I am. Like, like, yeah. Say that again. Say that again. He's like, yeah, I hate Chris Jericho. And, and, and MJ goes, thanks. That's exactly what I needed. He grabs <laughs> his phone and Sammy's like, you're recording me. Aren't you? He grabs his phone, smashes it off the, off the wall and i'm just like what are you doing man are you crazy and then sammy punches him punches him in the gut and storms out and mjf's writhing on the ground holding his ribs <laughs> and when i was watching this i was like this is odd first of all it's amazing i love it <laughs> but it is odd that it's like okay so they're doing this camera thing like the invisible camera but they they acknowledge it a lot and sammy brings the camera in to record it mm -hmm. and then gets mad when mjf is recording it yeah. and jericho he's obviously thinking he's going to show jericho mjf is going to show jericho his recording yeah but he's also recording so that he can show so like what's the play here yeah this is this is odd yeah I think, and i think it's they just each don't trust each other so they're trying to get evidence yeah on the other person but i was like okay so if you're worried about him showing but you're also showing the same content <laughs> like is odd but also it makes me think that maybe they're doing the double like they're in on it together <laughs> to like knowing that jericho will go back and watch sammy's footage as well like maybe they want maybe they both just want the inner circle to implode yeah and this is how they get that to happen by first sammy getting mad and doing this and then jericho being like okay this is it that's over and then they're just like haha we both got what we wanted mm -hmm. and then sammy and mjf are together i don't know what to think otherwise it's kind of a weird plot hole i can't really wrap my head around it i'm sure it's yeah. gonna work its way out in the end but i was like okay and there is more to this later on in the show and we will get to that mm -hmm. okay next we have a match which is cody and lee johnson versus cesar benoni and peter avalon what were your expectations for this one uh i actually didn't really have any but <laughs> until you had said that uh you liked uh, Cesar Bononi with Peter Avalon. So then I was a little bit more excited to see them work together. And I, I, do, I agree with you. I like their chemistry with each other. It's, it's pretty funny. But, yeah, I had no really no – I figured the outcome of the match would was what was going to happen. I figured this – I didn't know they'd make such a big deal about the ending like they did because I didn't realize this would be his first win. But, yeah, I, I like the match. I didn't really have too many going in yeah. expectations going into it. Yeah, so you? this was uh, this was Lee, Lee Johnson got his first win here, mm -hmm. um, and Lee Johnson was announced as officially signing with the company 
after this match. Yeah. So this is this essentially um, served as his welcome to Dynamite match. Um, I actually thought Cesar Bononi and Peter Avalon worked better together on Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't work as well this time. I thought that Bononi in particular looked a little slow, but I think he's sort of meant to look a little slow. He's not meant to look great. He's mm-hmm. essentially uh, Avalon. Avalon is not MJF, and Cesar Bononi is Avalon's Wardlow. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially uh, Peter, pretty Peter Avalon's pretty heavy. Like yeah. Cesar is his pretty <laughs> is his pretty heavy. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it was good. Um, uh, well, it was okay. Cody ended up. Whether it's kayfabe or not, don't know. Um, Cesar hit him with sort of like an inverted follow-away slam, which looked it looked good. It was pretty brutal, but um, Cody came up lame. And apparently, after the match, it was revealed that he might have he has a partial tear in his rotator cuff. Don't know if that is kayfabe or not because he essentially couldn't take part in the rest of the match. He was mostly on the outside, but that gave. Lee Johnson the opportunity to take over the match. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting the win by getting a roll up on Avalon after he missed the Martinis. So Lee Johnson got his win. Um and then Lee Johnson afterwards they brought out the mic and he gave a speech and all of well not all of the Nightmare families there, but all the trainers. So that would be <laughs> that would be they could fit the whole Nightmare family on the stage. No, there's a lot of dudes. Um <laughs> so that it was um actually not all the trainers because Billy Gunn wasn't there. But anyways. Yeah. So it was QT, Dustin, Cody, Arn. They were all out there. And he gets on the mic, he says this past year has been very hard, but very rewarding for him. Obviously, it was a pandemic, and he went 0-29, which is really tough, but these guys trained me up. I wouldn't be here without them. And he names every single person that helped train him, except for QT. And QT, yeah. in the background, notices that, looks hurt, looks upset. I believe this is going to be a feud between those two guys. Um, that's some nice little story work there because obviously Lee Johnson can't come in and start beating established talents, but he can beat QT mm-hmm. as his, as his trainer. That's very good. And QT is a guy that could probably use a bit of a heel turn. I think that yeah. would be pretty cool. This is a cool, nice, believable story rooted in reality. And however, my favorite part of this and I to- I was talking to you about this was before the match. I forgot to talk about this earlier. Cody mm-hmm. goes down and he shakes the hand of this big guy, this big young guy with this huge beard and big head of hair. Yeah. And they say, that's Brock Anderson, Arn Anderson's son. And I shit you not. He looks like Arn Anderson from the eighties. Yeah, he and that's, he looks exactly like his dad. I lost my fucking mind. Jr. Mm. lost his fucking mind. He said yeah. that he said his face looks like it belongs on a can of beef stew, which yeah. popped me so fucking hard. My pants almost flew off. Mm-hmm. Like I was laughing so hard when Jr. said that, and then I think it was Tony Schiavone said. Uh, 
he said, oh, he looks like a mix between uh, Oli and Arn. And JR goes, oh, my God, you just doomed him for the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) And I swear to God, and I'm so mad. This is one of those times where I thought this right away. I wrote it down during that segment. And then I listened to a podcast this morning and they said the exact fucking thing. I was like, God damn it. As (laughs) soon as I saw Brock there, I was like, oh my God, I need Brock versus versus Hook right now. Brock versus Hook right now. Book it. This match of the year. 1000% match of the year. (laughs) It's going to be incredible. Um, Son of Taz versus Son of Arn Anderson. Are you goddamn kidding me? Holy hell. Yeah. That's going to be, that'd be so good. And Aaron Anderson, after, after the show, he has this coach's corner thing, which is always an online thing. You can find it on Twitter and on YouTube, I believe, mm-hmm. um, where he'll talk about something from the show. And he's talking about Brock and he said, Brock has had a tryout. He passed the tryout. He's now currently being trained through the nightmare factory to essentially come into the fold with AW. So nice. I cannot wait. Yeah. Cause physically he looks ready. Like he yeah. looks like, he, he looks like Arn Anderson with, without the, without the gut and with more hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how old he is? Did they, has anyone said how old he is? No, he's but in his twenties, but he looks like he's twenties, but he's like a, he's a burly 20 year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, Oh my god, I'm so yeah. excited! I yeah, I didn't even know Arnis and had kids. To be honest, <laughs> neither did I, man. But this, I don't care about that, man. And also, like, I want Brock to come out there. I want his first match to come out, and I just want him to kill Lee Johnson in front. Of, sorry, Lee Johnson, I love you. To just <laughs> kill Lee Johnson in front of Cody, and Cody just be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and What'd then, you do that for? But then if you think, oh, my God, just all these sons of legends, now mm-hmm. that they can continue those feuds, you've got Cody, son of Dusty, Brock, son of Arn, yeah. Hook, <laughs> son of Taz. Like, oh, my God. That'd be cool if that's what they all called themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Hook, son of Taz. <laughs> what character is it? Oh, yeah, it's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Gimli, son of Gloin. Yeah. <laughs> And they all just yeah, it sounds like something barbarians would do or something. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so and and then I got I got fantasy booking in my head. I was just like, oh god, maybe the, is this why they held off on doing the four horsemen? Is Brock yeah. gonna be in it? And I was like, I gotta shut. I gotta just. I gotta stop I mean, this. He'd be you never for it. You never yeah. know, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, like one time, like uh, I don't know, like. FTR is in a fight with somebody and Brock comes out to help. Like, let's say he's like fighting Cody and Brock comes out to Cody thinks he's going to defend him, but he turns on him and mm-hmm. ah, it, it's so easy to write. It's so easy to yeah. write. <laughs> okay. We got, we got to move on or I'll, we'll talk about this unsigned fantasy book all night, unsigned <laughs> son of a legend for the yeah. rest of the show. Okay, so next we have some words from the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. So the Young Bucks, they're talking about how the Good Brothers cost them their uh, cost them the win in the 
in the Battle Royal last week. They blame them for Nick getting eliminated when he got distracted by them and he got thrown over the over the ropes. And the Good Brothers, they're sort of they're pulling one over on the Young Bucks. They're like, mm-hmm. man, you shouldn't shouldn't be mad at us. You should be mad at the Inner Circle. They were the yeah. guys that eliminated you. They it's did your not, pose. Like they they eliminated you and then they mocked you. And the Young Bucks are like, hey, you know, you're right. They did. So they're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, man. I mean, you should go against the guys that tossed you out. They're like. Like, who was oh Santana and Ortiz? Okay, yeah, well, 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 yeah, we want to fight them. We'll give them a shot next week, and then we can super kick them. Great, fantastic. We'll do that. And uh, oh my god, the Good Brothers at one point they they said our beef is with Private Shardy, not with you. <laughs> and I almost had a Private Shardy. Like it was so <laughs> fucking funny. I was like, good Jesus Christ, these guys are funny. <laughs> my favorite part was at the end he's like come on too sweet me guys and Matt's like oh you know Sting's right over there I kind of just want to do it in private he's like Sting he'll too sweet Wolfpack red and black he'll too sweet Sting too sweet me brother <laughs> uh, Nick too sweets him but Matt doesn't want to yeah yeah Matt yeah. Uh, Nick's like yeah I'll do it <laughs> he's like oh okay. he's like, isn't that just a thing we can do in the back when no one's looking <laughs> Like yeah. private time, we can we yeah. can do the two sweet. Sting will do it. Red and black, brother. Wolfpack. So <laughs> laugh so hard. So, so my thinking here is that I think the I think Santana and Ortiz are going to win the belts next week, and I think that the Good Brothers might play a part, might not. Don't know. It seems like mm-hmm. the Good Brothers obviously don't have good intentions for the Bucks. Yeah. Like, but uh, the Bucks don't know that because um, they they always they play the naive brothers always. And what I kind of <laughs> like about them is in their book they talk about how they are they were two naive Christian sheltered brothers for a long <laughs> time until they went and wrestled in Japan. Yeah, like that's that's who they are. Like there's certain mm-hmm. things that I don't know. Like they kind of play guys that you can pull the wall over, and mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah, and they get so hurt when something goes against them. Yeah, <laughs> they act like they didn't even see it coming at all. But when everyone else is like, "Duh, you can see this coming." But yeah, when sent so Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and MJF at Revolution is drool worthy and then it puts the young bucks back in the orbit of the good brothers and kenny Mm -hmm. and all those other guys and i i've heard this theory floated around and i don't want to we we had we talk about this match a lot you and i every time a bunch of people get together and i'm always just like all oh, blood and guts all oh, blood and guts all oh, blood yeah. and guts i've heard this theory that it's going to be um some combination of the good brothers kenny and maybe kenta or the or the young bucks against the faces, so you got Moxley and Archer and Death Triangle, mm-hmm. and have because those guys have all been orbiting around each other for weeks now, and not actually been solidifying any matches for any of them for Revolution, yeah. and that is three weeks away. 
So yeah. dang, uh, I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, it's really close. It's really close, and I'm just like, oh no, they like that. You got to have Kenny in a singles match, but I'm like, maybe you put a stipulation where if the faces beat the heels, then Archer gets a shot at the belt, or Archer wins the belt, and then. I don't know, Pac gets first crack at Archer, and Moxley's just like, I don't give a shit, I'm here to fight. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, fuck, I don't know, it's a possibility. The more I look at it, the more I'm like, okay, sure. Because none of those guys, we we know they're all going to be at Revolution, because they clearly all have a build going, but they're mm-hmm. not building to any particular match. Yeah. Could be. And uh, last time there was something like this, we ended up with the stadium stampede. Yeah. Because it was, well, I guess it was a little later, because they started to tease the first Blood and Guts match uh, right around the beginning of lockdown. So it was around this time. Oh, it, it was stadium stampede. They mm-hmm. changed it because they didn't have fans. Now they're going to have some fans, mm-hmm. like uh, enough fans to make some noise. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, that seems, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to, I don't know how this is going to play out, but these guys are all kind of circling each other mm-hmm. in ways like, who knows whose side the Bucks are going to be on in all of this. And this, yeah. and again, this is if the Bucks lose next week, but I have a feeling that they might because of the inner circle explosion that's coming down the pipeline and mm-hmm. Santana Ortiz winning the belt would be incredible oh, for be that storyline. Yeah. Okay. So then we have hangman and Hardy and they had two segments. I think we'll just talk, talk about them as one. Okay. So this was a uh, hangman is uh, he's having I don't know where he is, but Matt Hardy comes up to him. He's like, he's like, hey man, um, we had a we had a great match last week. I know you don't want to become tag team partners, but he's like, I have an open bar, tabs on me. Let's go to it. I've rented it all night. And Hangman says, hey man, I oblige. Yeah, if open you... bar. I'm down. He's like, I'm down with the open bar. He's like, absolutely, <laughs> let's go. And then on the way, he runs into his ex, which is yeah. the uh, which is the Dark Order, and they're like, oh hey, do you want to uh, come to uh, our bar? And uh, he's like, oh, I'm actually going to go to this other bar with with Matt, but uh, I guess uh, thanks for the offer. And he just walks right past. And <laughs> I've had that experience before. It's horrible. I've yeah, I've been on a first date with somebody at a concert and literally walked right chest to chest right into my ex oh, man. <laughs> like like we hit like foreheads i was like well fuck my life yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna go, go. yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so i know exactly what that's like it's uh it's awkward and the hurt on the faces of the inner circle is hard to watch mm-hmm. they were they were distraught yeah um okay so then they're at they're at the bar and Matt Hardy is trying to get Hangman drunk and he's successful because Hangman likes to drink and he's explaining that, Oh, you know, Hangman, I know you don't want a team, but I, I could, I could turn you into the star of AW. You'll make millions. You're a million dollar player here. And I want to represent you. 
and I could do it for 30%. And when you're making millions, that's really like, that's a drop in the bucket for you. Like you could uh, throw 30% wherever you want. And Hangman says, you know what? Yeah. He's like, this sounds great. Cause he's hammered of course. Mm-hmm. And Matt goes to talk to the, to the camera person and well, and say, I just want you here because I need this on record because when he sobers up, he's going to be upset, but I need you here to verify that this signing happened. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest. I didn't notice this when I was watching because I was, I I was that rube who uh, Mm -hmm. was buying into it hook, line and sinker because I was watching Matt Hardy. But while I was watching Matt Hardy um, off in the corner, hangman had thrown the contract over his shoulder and taken out another contract out of his pants which is very similar to what Brody lee used to do with uh, having a rolled up piece of paper on him at all times (laughs) and he signs it gives it back to matt hardy matt hardy thinks that he now owns hangman obviously he does not hangman has hoodwinked matt hardy yeah we won't see what happens there until later um they may have some sort of match at revolution who knows yeah they, not... they probably yeah they could i don't know if i want to see a singles match but maybe something else i know private party is associated with them i'm sure like their dark order was part of this segment so they could still be part of it maybe on hangman's side Mm-hmm. Maybe he realizes that he screwed them over and he's like, you know what? I want us to be cool. Yeah. So interesting stuff overall there. Yeah. I Like you, I didn't notice that he switched it out at first either. And, excuse me. I was listening to a podcast. They mentioned it and I was like, oh, that makes more sense now. I watched the episode twice and I missed it both times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next we had Pack versus Ryan Nemeth again. And I was like, Okay, sorry. Tell me your expectations for this one. Uh, pretty much how it played out is Pac was just going to beat the shit out of him. And that's pretty much what happened. I'm mad I didn't get to see the whole thing because PlayStation Network went down and I couldn't sign back into YouTube TV until, until the Matt Hardy segment came uh, with her at the bar. So I missed a pretty chunk of the show. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, from what I saw from this match, it, it seemed like my expectations were met of just Pac beating the crap out of him. Yeah, so this match was five minutes mm-hmm. at most, probably less. And it was just Pac just ate Ryan Nemeth for dinner. Yeah. He, and he stalked him like he was a lion, stalking his prey. And, like, he just, he was slowly, methodically moving around the ring, just, just pretty much torturing Nemeth. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Nemeth actually does get a pretty awesome... Nice pendulum spike DDT on mm-hmm. Pack, and Pack just like fucking sells it like only Pack does. You know when he just like yeah it spikes sp- himself spikes on his head and like vibrates like he's mm-hmm. a spear that got stuck in the ground like <laughs> um and I was just like oh I don't even know if I would have given that to Nemeth but like that just <laughs> it honestly just makes Pack look better because yeah. it's like the best sell you've ever seen and then mm-hmm. he. Gets back in the ring, continues to just fucking slowly and methodically destroy Nemeth quickly. If that makes sense, it's kind mm-hmm. of an oxymoron. <laughs> but yeah. like, but he uh, he essentially he knocks 
Nemeth out cold. He's got him just prone, lying face down in the ring. You haven't watched this match, so I should actually tell you this. He's he's lying face down, just dead. He's a he's a corpse. And Pack goes up and he's standing on the top rope. And you know how he does like his little hesitation with the black arrow. And he's doing that, but he's just watching him. Watching this dead body <laughs> for like ten seconds. And then he hits it on his back. Um and again dead body corpse but he puts his corpse in the uh in the brutalizer and he immediately taps and i honestly thought but and he's i don't know if you've seen the face um dolph ziggler has the face that he was making when he tapped as his face now Mm -hmm. um as his profile picture which is really funny yeah Um, and even after the match he posted a picture of him and Pac when they're Pac was in wwe dolph raising his hand up (laughs) <laughs> but like, I honestly thought that uh, Nemeth oversold the Brutalizer. I thought that he should have stayed a corpse. Yeah, just stayed knocked out. Yeah, although that could have been too similar to Britt Baker um, submitting mm-hmm. Rosa uh, from the Rosa week before. Last week. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. This match is it's a, the quality of the match is almost na like not applicable. Yeah, but, it's just like a squash, but but like. Pac, even to start the match, the way Pac, Pac started the match on, like, on all fours, like, he looked like he, he was, like, an apex predator, just ready to pounce. Mm-hmm. Like, he was almost, like, shaking his butt, waiting, like he was a, like he was a <laughs> cheetah. And, yeah, it's just, I don't, I loved it, but I don't know why it was there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Probably just get Pac on TV. Yeah, to get Puck on TV and to maybe like be like, remember this guy? He's still there. He still wants Kenny. Mm-hmm. There's all these people. There's too many people want Kenny right now, which is the yeah, thing. They gotta kind of queue up, wait in line. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like all these guys are converging, and I think there's going to be something to do with that. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but ne- so I, I feel like we've talked about a lot of segments in a row. The next segment is this uh, segment was not a lot of the shows. Um, pretty segment heavy but it was still so it was good because it, it had a, it had a good flow to it so it was very story heavy mm-hmm. and i loved that um his next segment was miro and it's miro breaking down the wedding he's talking about how chuck ruined his wedding he's like but he knows it wasn't chuck's idea or charles is calling him charles still he's like mm-hmm. it's like i know it wasn't charles's idea it was it was that dastardly orange cassidy he was the mastermind and he's gonna put Orange Cassidy in the hospital, in the hospital bed beside Trent. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. That's, that's cool. And then it cuts to Orange Cassidy and, and Chuck sitting on a couch, drinking champagne together. And <laughs> Chuck's, and <laughs> Chuck and Orange, they say, I don't know what he expected. Of course, <laughs> Orange is going to come out of the cake. Ding yeah. and they cheers and then it cuts. <laughs> and it was really funny and I popped really hard. I was just like, oh fuck. It's almost worth it for yeah. this line. They're just like, I don't know what he expected. Yeah. Of course Orange was gonna come out of the cake. That's funny. Ding. <laughs> so this I think this is leading to Oh, it's uh, Orange versus Miro. One thousand percent. I would be disappointed if it was or if it was uh, Chuck and Orange versus Kip and Miro, I think it's going to be Miro versus Orange Cassidy. And I think it's actually going to be an absolute banger of a match. It should be. Because like, they, they need to let Miro just 
go. And Orange Cassidy's the perfect guy for him to go with. Miro's unbridled intensity and anger versus and his sheer size versus Orange Cassidy is going to be really funny to watch. Mm-hmm. And I need him to murder Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I need him to juice him. What mm-hmm. Jericho wanted to do but couldn't do, I need him to just murder Orange Cassidy. And then I don't want Orange Cassidy on TV for a while. Yeah. I mean, Orange Jeez. Cassidy needs to be dead for like a month. Yeah, that'd be great. And then I want him to come back, similar to the cake. And then that'll be cool. Because like, mm-hmm. we all knew he was in the fucking cake. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I lied. I don't know if it was worth this joke. All of that just for this joke. <laughs> this joke was good, and mm-hmm. I laughed, and it made the show better. But like, I don't know if it was worth actually having to go through the wedding. Didn't, yeah, didn't really enjoy that. Okay, then we have inner circle. Actually, let's talk about your expectations for this match first, and then I'll talk about what happened before it. Uh, uh it was so this. This was Inner Circle versus The Acclaimed, which was Jericho and MJF, of course. Yeah, I figured um, it would just be kind of Jericho and MJF kind of dominating. Uh, it's, a, it's a rare heel versus heel match, but I didn't expect them to have the Sammy and MJF story going into it. So I know he was, I know MJF was like hurt, selling his hurt stomach or something too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I pretty much expected, you know, Jericho and I thought this would just be to make them look strong. Oh, did, was was this a match you saw, match. or did you come back after? Nope, I came back after this. Ooh. I think I came whenever the uh, uh, Matt Hardy uh, Hangman that happened okay. after this, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that happened afterwards, or the second half of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, this match is actually, this is good. I'll, I'll break it down a bit for you, The how it started. So it has the inner circle, they're all together, but... Like at essentially gorilla position, mm-hmm. but they don't have Sammy's not there and MJF isn't there, and I guess oh yeah, so uh, they're there and Jericho's he's flustered. He's like, "Where's Sammy? Where the hell's MJF? What's going on?" And proud and powerful are there, and like, they say, "Oh, didn't you hear? Uh, MJF's MJ, MJF has broken ribs. He's getting them wrapped. He uh, he got attacked by Sammy." He's like, "What?" Attacked by Sammy. What did he talk about? He's like, yeah, man. Uh, MJF or uh, Sammy broke his phone and broke his ribs. Like <laughs> He's like, holy shit. What the fuck is going on? And then MJF shows up and he's got his ribs taped. Mm-hmm. He's like, MJF, what's going on? He's just like, Sammy hit me. He sucker punched me. And he's really playing up the ribs. And he's like, yeah. he's like, but we got to go. We have a match. We have to wrestle. And he's <laughs> playing up the victims so hard. And uh, Jericho looks shocked, but he's like, okay, we gotta go. And MJF smartly starts the match <laughs> with his ribs. He takes one shot, and he's like, oh, I can't do it! And he gets <laughs> to the rope and tags uh, Jericho in immediately, and Jericho gets worked over, of course. <laughs> and uh, and then he he he's taking damage and every once in a while he'll tag an MJF and MJF will take a little bit, but they'll have to tag out cause he's, he's so hurt and he's yeah. playing with his hand over his ribs the whole time. And then every time, uh, they did get some offense. It was tandem offense. And they had this one really good spot. They were doing the abdominal stretch and he was reaching back to grab 
uh, Jericho's hand and he was holding it, which which is a spot they've done before. Uh-huh. But when he was doing it this time, MJF's like, oh, he's gritting his teeth and like <laughs> gutting out this abdominal stretch that he's doing. That's to, funny. <laughs> like he's like, he's he's doing it for the team, and uh, mm-hmm. and at one point near the end. I'll tell you what, Matt Caster and um, and Bowens look they looked really good in this match. They oh, nice. really worked well with uh, with MJF and Jericho, and I'm happy to see that because we I know they have talent. And mm-hmm. uh, but anyways, Jericho at one point he goes to hit the uh, the lion salt, and he gets hit with the with the boombox from the outside. Jericho goes down like a sack of beans. Um, I don't know why I said sack of beans. That's a very small sack. <laughs> very small sack of beans. Yeah, uh, just a tiny sack. And uh, so that they're going. They go for their their finisher, which I forget what it's called. But it has Caster going up for a uh, for an elbow drop. Um, it's sort of like an assisted elbow drop from the top rope. But before that. Um, Bowens sees uh, sees MJF on the outside, so he runs to do a, to do a crossbody. Um, the inner circle pulls down the ropes. He goes flying over the top. Um, Hager uh, knocks Caster off the rope. Jericho hits the the Judas effect for the one two three, and mm-hmm. then they're celebrating in the in the ring. Um, MJF's playing up the injury still. Sammy's music hits. He he comes out and Jericho hops on the mic. He's just like, it's like, and he just looks like a a sad dad, like like a dad who's just so upset that his kids are fighting, or that his kid yeah. got suspended from school or something. And he's like, he's like, Sammy, what's going on here? You you broke you broke Max's phone. You you punched him in the ribs he's like he's like what's going on come on man explain yourself what and sammy says i told you over a month ago that if one more thing happened with the inner circle or with mjf i i was out of here it's like and i'm telling you right now i'm out of here he's like what do you mean you're out of here what do you mean he's like calm down he's like no he's like what i mean by that is i quit i quit the inner circle and he walks off and the announcer's like, holy shit. Like, Sammy just left the inner <laughs> circle. Uh, and and uh, when he's doing this, like, all the inner circle guys are dejected. MJF's not. He's like, oh? He's like, I, <laughs> I got him. And uh, he, he's sort of, like, smirking off to the side. And you can see, as soon as he says he quits, Wardlow grabs MJF. Like, he knows as well that it was the plan. <laughs> he, like, slaps him a bit and shakes. He's like, yeah, we did it. <laughs> and um, and it's behind them, so they don't see him. And then Marvez, of course, chases after Sammy. And, <laughs> Marvez is always on the scene. And catches him outside as he's leaving uh, out the gate, out the parking lot with all his luggage. And he says, like, Sammy, what are you doing? And Sammy says, I just got to get out of here. I got to leave this place. And some people mm-hmm. are theorizing that he maybe is going, he might leave and go to Impact for a bit. Maybe New Japan. New Japan's yeah. very exciting because he could be gone for a while. You think he's gone because he's quarantining, and then he shows up. That would actually be pretty cool. 
Yeah, but, that'd be really cool. But you would think that he... You would think he's going to be around for the revolution or for the rest of the story, but maybe not. Maybe this, like, if this is MJF pulling, or if this is MJF getting rid of Sammy, if that is legitimately what he's doing and they're not in it together, then having Sammy just leave for a while is exactly what MJF wants. He wants Sammy gone so he can take advantage of Jericho. Yeah. Because he knows that Sammy is the only guy who sees him. Mm-hmm. So that that's where him going to another company does work. If they're yeah. in it together, he's coming back. Yeah. And I mean, he can still show up to, like, New Japan Strong, since that's here in the States. And then no, exactly. Like an episode he could or two. A hundred percent. I don't know if there's anybody there that it would really make too much of an impact with if he showed up, but who knows? Like he could wrestle like Leo Rush or someone. That'd be really good. That'd be cool. Yeah. No, it's there's there's a lot of opportunity for where where's Sammy going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this match, I give it a solid three point seven five. Like I thought it was I'll very. I have to go back and watch it because what MJF sounded like he was doing was pretty funny. It, it was funny. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was really well done. I liked it a lot. Okay, so then we have. Sting words. So <laughs> Sting has words with Tony. So it's the usual, it's Sting. And whenever this first started, I was like, they're doing it again. Oh, it's like, God. It's like, it's like, oh, God, please. And I don't even remember what Sting was saying, but immediately. I don't think he said anything. I think he was about to start talking, and then Taz showed up. Yeah, Taz comes up on the video. Um, you can see him. He's wearing his baseball hat. You can see Big Willie Hobbs behind him. And they're in like a black room of some sorts, and they say, "Hey, uh, hey, Sting, um, we got a surprise for you. We got a little visitor with us." I was like, "Oh shit, they got, they have Darby," and it zooms out, and they're in an SUV, and behind mm-hmm. the SUV is a rope, and attached to the rope is a body bag, and within the body bag is Darby Allen, and it's legit Darby Allen. That is him. <laughs> yeah, and there's. Ricky Starks, and he's, like, gleefully rubbing his hands as he zips <laughs> yeah. up Darby, and and they're just like, yuck, 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 yuck. Like, they're the <laughs> bad guys from, from Inspector Gadget. Like, they're, like, <laughs> Scooby-Doo, like, Inspector Gadget villains, mm-hmm. but who actually are Get- pulling one over on the yeah. on old man sting and mm-hmm. there's nothing like there's no like heroes coming to to help because it's just an old man in a <laughs> in a wrestling ring with a bat and mm-hmm. they they peel off and they're legit dragon darby behind it that was it. so nuts <laughs> I was like, what the heck? it's like a hanna barbera cartoon i was like yeah. oh my god these guys are so car-. and i've described them before as batman villains like mm-hmm. the bad guys in AEW remind me of batman villains and it's the same type of thing but it's like Instead of Batman coming in to foil the Riddler or to foil the Penguin as they do their dastardly deeds and, like, mug for the camera and monologue. Like, nobody comes because it's friggin' old man Sting. They've, yeah. they've got the boy Wonder in the bag and and Bruce it's like Wayne. When the Joker killed Robin. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is too old to do anything. And then <laughs> he runs off to get them and they're just like, all right, well, we'll find out next week on AEW. What what's yeah. Sting? I was like, what? What does Sting have to say about this? What does Sting have to say about this next week? Yeah. 
Same sting channel, same same sting time. <laughs> His logo comes up. Whatever they see, like the spinny logo. Yeah, it, was, it was weird. It was weirdly cartoonish and weirdly brutal. And yeah. I was yeah. like, I liked it because at first I thought it was just going to be the typical. He starts talking and then we can't get to the building. They won't let us in, but you'll see it. The street fight. But I'm so glad they actually did something different. So I guess that's what they were doing when when mm-hmm. they said they went around. They they did show up and they. So uh, one week we had a uh, we had a kidnapping. This week we had a uh, murder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next segment we have Kenny Omega on the golf course, and th- this is really funny. Um, Kenny Omega, he's he's mid swing out of a bunker. With a chip shot, and then Marvez just comes walking in at a frame on a fucking golf course, and it's yeah. just like Marvez. <laughs> it's so funny now. Like at first, I was like, "He's showing up everywhere," but now it's hilarious that like, he's just on the golf course. It's it's very cartoony. It's like Skinner. It's like yeah. it was Marvez like, no showing up at an... anywhere else on the golf course. He just appeared there. Kenny turns. He's just like, "What? Of course you're here. What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. And he's like. And uh, Marvez asks him, um, "Are you? What? What are you doing on the golf course? Why aren't you preparing for your match?" And uh, Kenny says, "Well, because I'm the greatest wrestler alive, and I don't have to practice, and mm-hmm. I don't have to think about those guys, and I can come out here, I can chip my shots, I can be with nature, and I'm never going to lose again. I'm not going to lose to those guys. He's like, I don't lose. I've forgotten what it's like to lose. Yeah. And, and then, uh, he chips his shot. It goes past the green and you can see Don Callis, like making the caddy, like run after the ball to get the ball and then bring it back and put it in the hole. And then, and then after his little promo, Kenny says like, he's like, he's like, did I get it in? They're like, yeah, Kenny, you got it in. It's like it's like <laughs> awesome. I never lose. <laughs> and then yeah. as they're walking away, uh, Marvez says, "Hey, oh, can I get a ride?" They're like, "No, Marvez, you're fat. You can walk." <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, just it's like Kitty's really trying to be Michael Jordan now, and it's making me laugh even with the golfing stuff now. It's so funny. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Is it it's, uh, he's. Looking every bit Ric Flair out there too, yeah. with the, with his clothes. It's one thousand percent Ric Flair from the NWA mm-hmm. days. Yeah, um, yeah. I think his hair is even curlier than it normally is today too. Oh yeah, like on the golf course. It's funny. You look at the uh, like the old footage they have of Kenny for when AEW first started, and he had the hair that like really close cropped, and he had it like straightened and like mm-hmm. dyed blonde. He looks so sleek. He looked like a little action hero. That's not what he looks like. He looks like the villain of an eighties action movie now. Yeah. yeah, which I loved it. It was so funny. I can't get enough of this. And okay, so next we have Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa for the first match of round one of the. Women's Eliminator Tournament, U.S. Bracket. What were your expectations for this one? Uh, to That these two were going to go all out and have a really good physical match, and that's exactly what they did. I love this match. I thought it was very good. 
I was hooked, even though I, I kind of figured who was going to win, but I, I was still bought in and I, I had a good time watching it. Oh yeah. I mean, the result of this one was predictable. The one mm-hmm. thing is sometimes with these tournaments, they throw a curveball in there. Yeah. For um, sure. They haven't done that since the first one, which was the tag team tournament when the Bucks got eliminated, but this yeah. was Rosa versus Layla. And you know, they want to keep Rosa happy because they want to keep her in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, because she she can't sign yet because she is signed to NWA. She's going to honor that contract until she's it's through twenty twenty one. So they have the year to they're going to be able to use her because NWA is not going to be running any shows. Yeah, she's essentially. And I don't know if you noticed, um, people who are not officially signed yet are on the rankings now. Because yeah, I, know, I noticed that with hers, like they, she had her whole record and everything. Yeah, Velvet as well mm-hmm. is on the women's ranking. So people who aren't officially signed can be on the, the top five rankings now. Because that was the whole thing with FTR was they wouldn't put them on the ranking until they had signed. And they didn't start doing that until the records reset this new year. Mm-hmm. So that okay. that's something new. So yeah. it also shows that they have plans for these people. Like if they didn't have a plan for these people, they wouldn't put Rosa up there. But they have a plan for Rosa. And she's in their tournament. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I expect her to go pretty far in it as well. Yes. She's, for me, is the dark horse to win. If Baker doesn't win, it's going to be Rosa for me. <laughs> That's... yeah. Okay, so uh, it actually starts with a promo from Rosa, and she says she has three things. She says, I'm going to win the tournament, I'm going to gain back my NWA championship from Serena Deeb, and I'm going to beat the brakes off of Britt Baker and break her big ugly nose. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so, cool. To so, the point. <laughs> so you can sort of see her roadmap for where she's mm-hmm. going later. And if you look at, we'll get into the tournament a little bit later because they talked about the brackets. But, uh, yeah, so this, as you said, this match was a banger. Um, mm-hmm. It played out as I thought it would, but in a good way, which was Layla Hirsch out-wrestling her when they were on the ground, out-striking her with her knees mm-hmm. when they were on the ground. But as soon as she tried to get... But she has, like, these little secret weapons, which she hasn't been able to execute yet, which are her her moonsaults. And yeah, whenever and she, moonsaults and whenever she goes, great, they look, she looks like Kurt Angle um, mm-hmm. when she's doing them. Um, they look fantastic, but she loses every, she loses all her matches when she goes for them. This is a story with Layla Hirsch that they're telling is mm-hmm. that uh, she has this move, but she doesn't know when to properly use it. And that's always her undoing in yeah. every single match. And in, in almost every single one of these matches, she's out wrestling these people until that moment. Like, she has them. Mm-hmm. And she could just go for the pin, or she could just submit them. But she goes, she's young. She's only, like, 22 or 23 years old, and she goes for the big moonsault, she, and she screws up. She did it twice in this match. Mm-hmm. And this match is great. Their, yeah. their transitions were awesome. The, the groundwork was awesome. The athletic moves were really good. The first person to go for an athletic move was Layla. She goes for Hurricane Rana, and then which sends uh, Rosa out of the ring. Then she goes for a tope. Um, 
Rosa takes advantage of Layla with because of her exuberance. She catches her with a crisp and painful looking neck breaker within the ropes where she mm-hmm. neck breakers her onto the rope with it's just it's nice. She she caught her. Um then after the break, um Layla's in the ropes, like uh in the seated position on the ground, and you've got Rosa, she's hitting her with the uh, with the clothesline, with the with the little pendulum knee strike thing. She hits her with the stalling shotgun drop kick, which I love that combination from Rosa. Yeah. And as with all the women's matches, and I'm sure we're gonna see them a lot in this tournament, they really go back and forth. They really uh give each other a lot, so it's continuing to go back and forth. Layla's yeah, fire a lot of offense in on each other it's good mm-hmm. Layla's firing up for the comeback she hits her with a, a couple nice Germans um, she's really firing off these knees to her while Rosa is on the ground like with these running knee strikes again she goes for the moonsault she gets reversed um, Rosa gets up the knees then Rosa's able to hit her with her fire thunderbomb for the three I thought this match was great four stars it Put over, put over Layla in defeat, as mm-hmm. it should. Yeah, and this is. I hope the rest of the tournament can live up to this and exceed it because this is a really good match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from this match, we have uh, we have the women's tournament brackets. So they they break mm-hmm. them down. They they say that the the first round of the. Unfortunately, we're going to be getting all the Japanese matches recorded on youtube i wish they could splice them into dynamite but yeah. i i don't see they don't really have time and i'll get more into that later but they're they're putting them all up on youtube so the first round matches are all on monday at seven o'clock i believe maybe a little bit later I, i'd have to double check that time but it's going up on aw's youtube on monday and the first round we have yuka zakazaki versus may saruga who's uh who is trained by Emi Sakura. Mm-hmm. Then we have Veni versus Emi Sakura. Veni is circled on my calendar. She, yeah. she that's with my heart, that's who I want to come out of the Japanese uh brackets. I think it's going to be Yuka Sakazaki. I think so too cuz she's signed to AEW. So that makes sense. The one thing is is that Yuka is one of the few people on this bracket who's actually is signed with Tokyo with uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. She actually <laughs> is full-time signed there and sort of part-time signed with AEW. So she might actually have commitments. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these other women are freelancers. Mm-hmm. So they can go wherever they want. Yeah. And so next we have then Maki Ito versus Ryo Mi- uh, Muzun- Mizunami. Damn. Yeah, Maki okay. Ito's who I want to win, the god of blood and piss. I hope I hope <laughs> AEW has noticed how popular yeah, the deity is shit. I hope <laughs> they have noticed how uh, popular she is online, especially after her announcement. So Oh yeah, uh, when uh, I hope they try to do stuff with her. Um Jim Cornette went off about Maki Ito and just like horrible fucking misogynistic way he always does. Mm-hmm. And uh 
Maki Ito's response to him on Twitter on Twitter was, I am a deity of shit. Yeah. And it was a picture of her from a magazine cover where she's yeah. eating a chocolate bar naked and it's all over her. Because yeah. <laughs> he 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 went off on her picture of her flipping off the camera saying she's the god of blood and piss. And then he says something about enjoy your deity of shit. She goes, I am the deity of shit. And she was covered in chocolate and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said like uh he's like, Oh, it's another one of Kenny Omega's fetishes. I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. So misogynistic. Anyways, fuck Jim Cornette. Um yeah. then we have Aja Kong versus Rin Katakura, who's actually quite good. She I've seen her tag with Maki Ito before. She's actually a solid mm-hmm. she kind of reminds me of um Layla Hirsch, similar yeah. in build. Um yeah, so that looks fun as hell. Um, I'm looking at that, and if Maki Ito gets... Maki Ito has to go through Ryo Muzunami, who is an absolute unit, and Aja Kong's probably going to win her first match, and then we get Maki Ito versus Aja Kong. Yeah. And that is and they a... Had a good, they had a good rivalry in over in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Did they really? So, yeah. <laughs> it's oh. funny. Because Maki Ito, she uh, likes to headbutt people. Like yeah. she plays up her head being so strong and she couldn't head, like she'd headbutt Aja Kong and it just wouldn't affect her. <laughs> and so she would start headbutting like inanimate objects to make her like headbutt stronger, like metal things. And stuff. Oh, and she really like put on Aja Kong's little trash can that she walks around yeah. with, probably on her head. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm excited about that. And then they went through the U S bracket. And so then we have Serena Deeb, Versus Riho, which is next week on Dynamite, which is which is a very interesting match. Then we have Take Conti versus Nyla Rose and Britt Baker versus Anna Jay, and we just had the first match earlier in this Mm -hmm. Dynamite, and this is interesting because you have, as we heard with Rosa, she called out Serena Deeb, and if Serena Deeb wins. Serena Deeb and Rosa face each other in the second round. Mm-hmm. However, you would imagine that she's not putting up the NWA title there, and she said she's coming for the NWA title. So this kind of leads me to believe that they hold off on that and Riho wins. I think Riho's winning too, because I think they want to reestablish her, because she's on the American bracket, mm-hmm. so I think they want to yeah, reestablish sure. her to the audience. And I think Riho's going to look... The combination of Serena Deeb's wrestling with Riho's wrestling, with mm-hmm. their two skill sets, is going to be the cleanest women's match we've yeah, had. It's, it's going to be very good. It's going to be an absolute fucking And then if clinic. Riho wins, then the next round we'll get Riho versus Thunder Rosa, and that'll be really good too. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think they're saving Serena Deeb for an eventual NWA challenge. So mm-hmm. I, I don't... I think, like you said, Riho's going through. Um, but I also, I looked at, and then we have, uh, then we have Tay Conte versus Nyla Rose and Britt Baker versus Anna Jay. And you would think everyone's predicting Britt Baker goes through to the end. However, if Anna Jay and Tay Conte advance, they face each other, which is also That'd intriguing. Be interesting. Because they are the best friends. And mm-hmm. them facing each other would actually be quite intriguing. And they're clearly pr- pushing Tay Conti. And she yeah. may be going through. And her versus Rio is really exciting. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting... Like, it might not be Britt Baker. Like, 
when mm-hmm. I'm looking at this Tay Conti and a Jay thing, just they could hold off on Britt Baker again, like, which again, probably a mistake. They're probably putting Tay Conti and Anna Jay there to just to cause some intrigue and make us think. Yeah, that uh, then that'd be the next round. Wouldn't it be Rosa versus Britt? Which I, that'd be a good match, but I don't know if they do heel versus heel like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I love Tay Conte. It's probably going to be Baker versus Conte, and that's going to be a fantastic match as well. Yeah, I, I can see Tay Conte pulling the upset on uh, Rosa, or they could also. Baker versus uh, Anna Jay, and because Rosa said that uh, you don't want to play by the rules, I won't play by the rules. So she can come out and cost Brit her match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the interesting thing here is that they have to do five matches in the U.S. bracket within the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. They have never done that many matches on Dynamite. Within that yeah. amount of time before for women, because the the winner is at faces at Revolution, right? Yes. So obviously the the Japanese stuff is going to be taken care of on YouTube. <laughs> I'm hoping and praying to whatever deity you worship that they do not put any of the U.S. bracket on YouTube. I am going to be so fucking mad if they put yeah. any of these matches on YouTube. For the women, they deserve our time. They deserve your time. Anna, J- Anna Jay's a star. Britt Baker's a star. Tay Conti's a star. Like you need to. Do, they have to do two matches per week. Next week, they only have one scheduled match. They need to do two. They mm-hmm. need to do two matches per week. They have to. If yeah. they shunt it off to YouTube, it creates such a bad optics. For this yeah, company, like, oh, this tournament's important, but is it really? It's on our YouTube channel. It's like at that point, you should have just had left less people in the tournament. The men's eliminator tournament didn't have this many people, so you could have one match per week. Yeah, it had what four different matches? Yeah, or like, something like that. Yeah, like, including all these Japanese women in it, and including such a deep sixteen-person tournament was mm-hmm. your choice. Yeah, if you cannot put it on TV. Jap- the Japanese stuff, okay, that's a, I can, I can understand that to an extent. I'm still mad at that. Yeah, like, I was I, disappointed in that too. That should they should be on TV like, too. I just watched a Maki Ito match with fans in it mm-hmm. at Tokyo Joshi Pro. They could have put fans in the attendance in the stands, yeah. and it would have looked really cool. But as it is, they are going to put it on YouTube. I'm bitter about that, but I can understand it. I will be furious if they put the American women on YouTube, any of these matches. Because mm-hmm. how, how are you going to build these women up as stars if you're going to put them on YouTube? Yeah. Like, th- this, tournament sure. isn't, this tournament is important, and they need to position it that way. Yeah. Yeah, they should definitely do two matches. I thought they were going to do two matches at first. I thought they are going to do a Japanese side and an American side on each episode, but... If you look at next week's card, which we will later, there is room to put another one if they want to. And maybe they haven't decided which one to put up there mm-hmm. yet, so they're waiting. But again, like I wouldn't hold out hope that AEW is going to do two women's matches on a card of Dynamite because they never have. Yeah. Well, All right. this would be the perfect time to do it. 
It would be. Like, why do a tournament if people aren't going to watch it? Anyways, moving mm-hmm. on. Moving on, we had Jungle Boy, and he is doing an, doing an interview, and he talks about how FTR blamed them for, or how FDR blamed Jurassic Express for them getting benched for the Battle Royal. And Jungle Boy explains that, Dax, I beat you one-on-one. I tapped you out in front of the world. He's like, when we face each other as a team, I'm going to make you my bitch. I don't, <laughs> ha- I don't have to bench you. Yeah, I don't have to well, bench you tell. guys. He's like, we we know we can beat you. I know I can beat you. And I'm like, ooh boy, yeah. Let's go. Jungle Boy, you're my number four. Yeah. <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, I like he, this promo a lot. And, and I'm like, happy they're giving him more promo time because, I mean, he just looks like a million bucks. So And, like, he's gonna... y- you can tell they're positioning him for a singles break-off because he's not with Luchasaurus here. Yeah, he's by himself. Yeah, interview and stuff. he's by himself cutting a promo as a tag team guy talking about tag teams. It's a little mm-hmm. odd. And he's talking about facing Dax, not facing... F- it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. He's feuding with Dax. He's not feuding with FTR. It's very different, and I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. And, who oh boy, we have come to the main event. Oh my gosh, this was God, this was so much fun. So I loved every second of this match. Bradley Hardcastle, what were your expectations for this uh, one? I just thought it'd be wild in like a crazy brawl, and I had no idea. What? <laughs> After watching it, I was like, wow, they blew my expectations out of the water. I had an idea that it'd be all over the place and crazy, but I mean, this was just so much fun. Like, golly, I can't believe how much fun this match was. Yeah, this match was, I mean, I had high expectations, and it reached them. And Mm -hmm. it did so by just going fucking batshit. It's like, when AEW does street fights, they do fucking street fights. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the only time... They it out of the park with this. The only time it hasn't worked was when Matt Hardy was was clinically dead. (laughs) Yeah, they should have stopped that one, but... (laughs) Living one, I guess. Yeah, so, this one... (laughs) It starts off, Kenta comes out. First of all, he apparently, I read online, he came, this is his New Japan music. He came out, he didn't come out to the Bullet Club music. He came out to his New Japan music. And oh, I saw, I was, every time I've seen him now, he just has the old OG uh, Bullet Club song. Well, th- that's what I'm saying. I heard uh, somebody on Twitter was saying, they're like, oh my God, he's using his New Japan music. New Japan doesn't even use his New Japan music. <laughs> that's hilarious. So I was like, that's pretty cool. And mm-hmm. he's got the briefcase, the red briefcase. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, here we go. They're, yeah. They've they've made our wrestling cinematic universe. Um, mm-hmm. Kenny, Kenny comes out with the most ridiculous intro. It's so long. Damn. It's so obnoxious. What did it say? The North Carolina one? Like he ate French fries in North Carolina or so, it's something stupid like that. Yeah, the, the one that I thought was really funny, he said uh, one of them called out that he is the greatest IWGP US champion of all time mm-hmm. while he's in a match with the IWGP US champion. Yeah. The guy challenging for it and is the former and another former. Like, it's yeah. so funny. It's yeah. such a fucking shit heel thing to say, and I loved it. Um, and Moxley comes out with the belt, and yeah. my heart. Like, all I've wanted since AEW started 
was for Moxley to have that belt and to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And finally, they're able to do that, and it was amazing. And this match starts, and Kenta just comes out swinging that case. He yeah. fucking tongs, like, Moxley right in the head, just knocks him clean out with this thing. Yeah. It, like, sprints across the ring, and then he sprints across the ring to... uh Archer, who's just beating down Kenny at this time, and he hits him in the back with it, and Archer just no sells it. Yeah. Turns around, he's like, "Who are you?" Yeah, like <laughs> and then, and then I think he threw it at him. He's like, "Oh god!" <laughs> and then, yeah. and then they're fighting, and and at one point, Kenta and Kenta's beating down Moxley, and then Kenny runs in, and he joins him to beat down Moxley, and then Kenta pushes. Kenny away. He's just like, no, fuck you. You stay away. This is mine. Because he's not there for Kenny, as we've established last week. And eventually they both get on the same track and they're hitting their their corner moves. Kenny does the the diving little butt hit slash uppercut, whatever you call it. And then Kenna hits him with a clothesline in the corner and Kenny's running back to do another move and Archer just pounces Kenny into next year. Yeah. Just launches him across the ring. And Moxley and Kenta have they have this uh New Japan strike strike off yeah. at center ring at one point. Like going back and forth. The elbows, the knees, the kicks, like bouncing off <laughs> the off the ropes, going back and forth. Um and this is when the match starts to go off the rails and in a good way it gets wild yeah, yeah kenny goes outside he grabs the trash can he does the you can't escape with the trash can onto i think it was archer i don't remember who cares no it's mox oh okay whatever he does the <laughs> you can't escape onto it and then he sets up the can in the corner for uh with moxley sitting down and kenta does the running stalling drop kick into the trash can, into Moxley's face. And that's one of my favorite moves. And mm-hmm. if people don't know Kenta, and actually, maybe they don't they don't know Shibata either. But anyways, lots of people do that move. That mm-hmm. move was originated by Kenta. Yeah. Kenta started yeah. that move. Rose Kenta started a lot of moves that you see people do nowadays. <laughs> and this was, uh, I don't know if I, yeah, I, I mentioned last week when uh, when Moxley said, Every fucking person from my generation stole all their shit from Kenta. Yeah. And, yeah, all these moves were Kenta's. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, Archer comes in with a ladder. He sets up the ladder in the corner. He suplexes Kenny onto the ladder like a German suplex over his, mm-hmm. over his shoulder. Kenny just bounces off that thing. I swear to God, he took a header off of it. Yeah. And, like, he knows how to sell when he hits ladders. Like, he pops off of the ladders as well. Mm -hmm. It makes it look even better. He knows how to make himself bounce when he Mm -hmm. bumps, which is amazing. Now, when they're back from commercial break, they're out by Avalon's bed. (laughs) This made me laugh so much. And Avalon's begging Kenta not to mess with his bed. And Kenta's just like, fuck you, I'm Kenta. He picks up Avalon, gives him the the GTS, the go to sleep. Then Archer grabs Kenny off of, Kenny goes to do a springboard off of the barricade. He grabs Kenny by the neck and just like shot puts him by the neck. He goes, he goes through the bed, breaking Avalon's heart. Um, quite literally. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Kenta and Moxley at this point have battled all the way into the kitchen, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Daily's Place kitchen. It always has. It's always fantastic in these matches. Um, mm-hmm. They're battling on top of these metal tables, and Kenta hits a D, hits a DDT on top of these tables, and yeah. these tables. I have love the wheels. ref having to hold them because they had. Uh, wheels so they wouldn't yeah. fall. <laughs> They're rolling around. The ref has to hold it. He hits him with a DVT and then he gets him in this sort of uh, cross face slash mm-hmm. yes lock. I wasn't quite sure what it was. It was some type some of sort cr- of hold. Cross face submission on these tables. Yeah. And uh, then Archer comes in to break up the submission with a box of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> he just smashes them with a the box of potatoes. Then and then Moxley just starts beating the holy hell out of Kenny with a potato. He's just Did he take a bite of one of the potatoes? He looked at it. Look, he was going to take a oh, bite okay. out of it. But yeah, he, he hits Kenny a few times with this potato. And then he looks at it and just goes, sort of goes like a, huh. Like just shrugs. <laughs> and he's just like, this is fun. Um, yeah. Then they fight their way back to the ring. But I guess maybe there was, there's this weird part where they couldn't maybe legally show what they were walking through maybe yeah. maybe it's like people's cars like a parking lot because they just start showing highlights of the match yeah and like what are they doing they're coming out this way <laughs> and then they're like oh they're back at the ring and then they stop with the highlights which is weird because it was in the middle of the match i was like oh they must not i was like maybe they can't show people's license plates or something yeah and um they get back to the ring and Moxley's beating Kensley Kentley. He's <laughs> He's beating Mox- Kenny he's beating Kenny senseless with a kendo stick. Moxley mm-hmm. gets hit with a V trigger. Kenta and Archer arrive. They're up battling near the uh, near the announce booth or the announce table and it looks like Archer's gonna power bomb Kenta through the table. I was like, Oh my god, they're finally gonna do an announce table spot. They've never done yeah. one. We see so many of these in WWE, but we've never seen it in AEW yet. Yeah. It does not happen. I th- first thought was like, why is, uh, they need to move those monitors if he's going to powerball them through the table. That's going to hurt. Kenta gets away, but back down uh, at ringside, our, um, Kenny has battled Moxley onto a table. So he's lying on a table. Kenta sees that. He goes running from the top of the announce area, jumps off of it, double stomps him off the stage through the table. <laughs> it is brutal. Then we have Archer and Kenny alone in the ring. Archer overpowers him. He goes for the blackout. The good brothers arrive. Um, everybody's in the ring. It's just a, it's mayhem. Jake the mm-hmm. Snake gets involved. Yeah, Jake the Snake does a, a, a rainmaker. Yeah, he he does a rainmaker <laughs> on Anderson. Gallows comes in, drops uh, Jake with a with yeah. a big right. Um, it's just a pier six brawl. Everyone's in it. Um, but the Good Brothers end up hitting Archer with a magic killer. Kenny hits the V trigger on Archer. Um, they look like uh, it looks like. Kenny's about to hit the. He looks over. Oh no! This is yeah. No, he looks like he's about to. He points over to Jake. He looks like he's going to go hit the V trigger on Jake, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. But then 
He runs to hit the V-trigger, in comes Moxley, hits him with the barbed wire bat. He's cleaning house. Eventually, they get rid of Moxley because there's so many of them. They clear him out. um, And then they're able to... Kenny goes to get Archer up in the One Ring Angel, but he's too big. He can't do it. So he gets the Good Brothers to hoist him up. He holds him up on his own. One Winged Angel for the win. Um which is really cool because it shows that if there's ever a match down the line, um, Kenny's not going to be able to hit that one winged angel. Yeah. And those, again, yeah. those are my favorite Kenny matches because nobody kicks out, but when he loses, it's because he can't hit it. Yeah. It's, he yeah. doesn't get Unless the chance. Like Archer's already on the top rope or something. And he can just pick him up off. There. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And, they're posing in the ring, and Kent is just on the outside hammering on just, Moxley. Yeah, just beating the shit out of Moxley. <laughs> just giving, just giving him elbows <laughs> while while the uh, while the uh, the Good Brothers and Kenny are celebrating on the inside. And then after the match um, on social media, there was a they did like a press conference, right? Like yeah, a New Japan style. They, press they did the New Japan style press conference. It was Don Kenny. And the Good Brothers, and they had the black backdrop with all the AW logos, like mm-hmm. how they do the white backdrop with all the New Japan logos, which was a really nice touch. And they're get they're getting fed these questions, and I don't know who from, but uh, they ask about the New Japan Bullet Club, and they're like, "Well, New Japan Bullet Club, they don't really seem to be on the same page as you guys." And Callus is just like, "Oh, you know what? That's my that's my fault." He's like, "When I organized." The uh, the Michael Jordan and the Scotty Pippen and the I don't know who he says the mm-hmm. next guy is when when I got all these all stars to leave New Japan it kind of left the B team there the mid carters to rise up in Bullet Club and take the reins and he's like I can't really remember who their names are or I don't know their names yet but uh, it's like they've been doing okay they've been flying the flag. But it's not quite the same. So it, it's understandable that they need a little help. And you know what? Our fans should go support them. They should go watch their matches. They should buy their merch. Maybe get them back up into the top 40 of pro wrestling tees. And you can see Kenny's like smirking and like like reacting and being like, oh my god. Uh, like Don, you're kind of you're kind of mm-hmm. burying our boys here. But, yeah. and, but Kenny, Kenny's just sort of like, oh, you're right. You can't, you can't replace Jordan. Yeah, and and they're I like, I can't wait for Jay White and Gorilla's Destiny to show up on AEW now. You know, eventually that's going to happen. I don't think any of the guys mm-hmm. in Japan are coming back. However, it should be noted that Jeff Cobb is doing Bloodsport, and mm-hmm. Jeff Cobb yeah, so has be been. Here. He was in Japan for. Wrestle Kingdom, and Mm. he has primarily been in the past on New Japan Strong, but then I assume he was doing some matches to build for New Beginning. Um, Yeah, and he's been doing... Oh yeah, he joined... Yeah, he's been doing stuff with Will Ospreay, so like, he's been in Japan doing stuff, and now he's going to be coming back to North America, so they're, they're okay doing this stuff. Maybe not for guys they have signed. Like I said, Jeff Cobb might not be signed officially mm-hmm. with them. He's just uh, 
freelance. Yeah, just freelancing, so he can go wherever yeah, he wants. He, yeah, he's back in the states now, so he could definitely show up. Yeah, he. AEW. He's especially already been there before, so he'd actually be a guy if anybody were to go travel over to New Japan Strong to do some mm-hmm. matches with. He's within the context of AEW because he's been with AEW, yeah. so that would actually be kind of cool. Like, let's say Sammy goes over there and maybe fights Cobb or whatever. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Just hypotheticals. But anyways, back to this match for just one second. I, this this match was awesome. Four yeah. and a half stars. Oh, for sure. For it was me. so much fun. It was just a wild brawl. I loved every second of it. Like, th- like, within the context of TV, these matches, this was such a fun show. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I felt that they were more reserved in the matches other than the last match. Um, yeah, like you would, but the storylines they had going were like have me so intrigued, and I'm so intrigued for how, what this main event scene looks like going into Revolution. Like, I don't think they're gonna pair all these guys off in single matches because they've all already fought each other. Yeah, like it could be like a huge six-man match or something. I don't yeah. think they they won't, especially after this match. You can't just do mm-hmm. a six-man match. It's like, eh. yeah, like, that's true. It's got to be something wild. And mm-hmm. I know we keep talking about oh we're gonna, we're going to do the blood and guts match with Kingston and his family. We're going to do the blood and guts match with the four horsemen. We're going to do the blood and guts match yeah. with this. It's like. I actually, this uh, this build actually does look like the blood and guts match, mm-hmm. and I don't. I've heard I hear people saying that. Um, what culture has been saying that? And I actually like. Shit! I actually think they might be onto something here. Like it actually might be the blood and guts match. Because um, they they clear they have something up their sleeve. Yeah. Because it's got to be something, some big match. It can't just be a street fight because they just did one. Yeah, they just had that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're you're starting to convince me now. But, uh, like, like you you work yourself up into a frenzy and to like frothing at the mouth with uh, with these fantasy bookings. But I don't see any other way. Like, what's Pac doing? What's Archer doing? What's Kenny doing? Kenny's supposed to be facing both Archer and Pac. What's uh? What's Kenta? Is Kenta going to be there? Maybe. What? Like, what if the what if the Bucks lose? What are the Good Brothers doing? Good Brothers are clearly involved in this um, in this pay per view somehow. They've been in the main event every week for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be there. Moxley's going to be involved somehow. Like it's like they got involved being the same match, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're convincing me. I, I can't wait. I don't know how this is going to play out or like maybe it's something else. I don't know. Maybe it's they've got maybe they're going to do a bunkhouse brawl or mm-hmm. who knows. Hey, that was fun when they did that that one time. Okay, so looking at next week, we've already talked about the Japanese brackets. Mm-hmm. Um I'm and that's really on Monday, right? Yeah, I'm really excited to watch that on Monday. That's a lot of wrestling. That's like mm-hmm. a full card of wrestling there. Yeah, it is. Oh. They, all, they all look like they could be good matches too. So yeah, no these these ladies come. I am so excited for Venny. Like mm-hmm. yeah, my that's who I want to win. That's not who I think will win, the yeah. Japanese side. But the one thing is, she is. 
she's a freelancer, she, so she can go wherever she wants, and she has that DDT connection with Kenny. Mm-hmm. Like Kenny is uh, very close with DDT, and they do have a working relationship that was announced at one point, but like yeah. just through like a one of those sites. Yeah, but that they are, are willing to uh, work, and he has since done since AEW started. He went back to DDT, did a match with Riho. Like it's uh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Th- there's precedent there for maybe DDT to be like, okay, yeah, take her mm-hmm. for a bit. But yeah, so next week we have those matches, and then we have the first match is. This is a, this is one of those ones where like okay this is certainly a story match and we know who's winning here this is Hangman Matt Hardy and Private Party Private Shardy versus the Hybrid <laughs> Two and Chaos Project this yeah. match I don't know if I'm gonna like the match at all but I'm sure I'm gonna like the story yeah it it's just to see what the contract was that Hangman switched it out with yeah it's a it's a means to an end mm-hmm. then we have Sting calls out Team Taz, which is this is the dumbest fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> this is so st- <laughs> he's like, next week I'm gonna be like, why did you murder my friend? Yeah, not this week. How long did you drag him for? This week I'm not gonna ask you, but next week I'm gonna ask you why you murdered my friend. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, sure. Then the this next match is interesting based because of who's in it. It's FTR versus Matt and Mike Seidel. I never knew there was a Mike Seidel till this very moment. <laughs> I have seen Mike Seidel once. I didn't know it was him. He There's a clip from CZW of somebody taking a an avalanche, like flipping, uh, like a flipping avalanche. What's, what's AJ Styles' move? Oh, the Styles Clash? Yeah, he's, he takes a flipping avalanche Styles Clash off the top rope. And uh, I saw somebody... Classic CZW. I saw somebody tweet today that Mike Seidel is in this match just to tell people that he's still alive after, <laughs> after that spot. I remember seeing that spot and everyone was just like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like, he that's, should be dead. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, so that's, is he actually Matt Seidel's brother? Apparently. <laughs> he's doing the pose and everything, so <laughs> yeah, maybe he's his brother. I don't know. That's funny. Okay, I then had no idea this guy existed. <laughs> then we have, in what I assume is the main event, Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz for the AW titles. I I, I honestly hope Santana and Ortiz win because it frees the Bucks up to get involved in the Kenny and Good Brothers stuff <laughs> and. My hope is that it's not the Good Brothers cost them the titles and then they just have a match with the Good Brothers. I would, I'd be pretty bummed if that was what happens out of this. Yeah. If that was just the match, I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, I'd rather just see you guys fought for the titles then. <laughs> I'd rather, yeah, I want to see. I'd rather the Bucks had won last week and then we just. Went that route. Got the match that way? Yeah. And I, because, I don't know. I think it's beyond time for Santana and Ortiz to get the, the tag titles. Oh, yes. So. I want them to get the tag titles, and then I salivate for that inner, for that inner circle uh, tag team title match mm-hmm. after Sammy has left. 
maybe yeah. Sammy comes back, gets involved in that match. It'll be fun. It's mm-hmm. that's going to be wild at the pay per view. And then we have the Serena Deeb versus Riho, which honestly, if they wanted to put that as the main event, it would it would be I the main event complain. for me. Yeah, it, it would be the main event for me, and it would it would say a lot putting these two yeah. together. Yeah, it would um, say a lot. This match, it's probably going to be the match of the. Mm. No, I'm probably it's hard lying. to say that with. It's going to be the Bucks versus Young Bucks versus LA, Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz. I almost called them LAX. They haven't gone by that name in a long time. That would be uh, disrespectful to LAX. Yeah. You're calling them that right now. <laughs> they were amazing as LAX. They haven't been on that level so far in AW yeah. yet. But yeah, Serena D versus Riho. Um, that's going to be. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I. I think. The Bucks are going to lose the belts, and because they've been kind of conned into they've been conned into this match by the Good Brothers, mm-hmm. so I think they're going to lose it for the for that reason alone. But also, Santana Ortiz versus Jericho and MJF, ooh, salivating. Yeah, that's, that's a gonna be a good match, and it's a good storyline. Yeah, I cannot wait for that one. That's a, yeah, I think. Uh, but we we need to have. AEW establishing some matches going into Revolution next week. We have to. Cause, yeah, they haven't set up. Like, officially, officially on paper, we only have one match. We mm-hmm. we know the women's title match is going to happen. We don't know who's going to be in it. And we know that there's going to be a tag team title match. We don't know who's going to be in it. And that there alone tells me that the Bucks are probably losing yeah. Be- because they haven't made the match graphic, the match graphic, and officially announced it yet. Uh, that's true. For that's that a really good point. For that reason alone, that tells me that they're not they're not winning. Mm-hmm. And I don't think AEW necessarily did that on purpose, but I think that is a reason why they just they're like they're not going to do the work. Like just real life outside of kayfabe, they're not going to do yeah. the work if they don't have the graphic to. department. Yeah, it's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not doing this make work bullshit. Yeah, I'm not making this just so you can work the fans. It's four hours of my day. Oh yeah, see one like bit of news when I talked about that rotator cuff with Cody. If he's hurt, that that uh Shaq match might not be happening. That might end up being, that might end up being Jade versus. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons why they could have done that injury. Mm-hmm. Could be real. It could be because they wanted to give Lee Johnson some shine in the match, and it could just be kayfabe. It mm-hmm. could be kayfabe because they're like, oh shit, Shaq really doesn't give a fuck. We <laughs> we we got to get out of this match. Um, let's just, let's just go with Jade versus Red Velvet. Um, who, it's any of those three. He's either, mm-hmm. it's either hurt or there's two kayfabe reasons for it. And I kind of hope it's kayfabe reasons for it. And they just let them go. I just want, like, if you're confident, if you're that confident in Jade, like, I think you could, you could put Shaq and Cody on the sidelines and still have them get involved somehow. Yeah. If Cody, uh, this is the same injury that uh, Kenny had, uh, mm-hmm. partially torn uh, rotator cuff. 
or Kenny's might have been Labrum. I'm not sure, but it was yeah. that was from a pack brutalizer that did it yeah. the first time. I just hope with Cody Hurt they don't try to drag it out any longer. No, I can't. They they got to pull the trigger on that shit. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want it to become a thing long term. Like I want it to be done. Also, even just I want Jade on the roster. I want to see Jade. Like I'm, yeah. I'm honestly excited about this. I just, I want it to happen. It's not like the Miro thing where I wanted it to go away. It's like I want to see this happen. And yeah, you same. also, you also know that the Miro versus Orange Cassidy thing is, is pretty certain, mm-hmm. as well. So like, there are matches, but there's nothing official. And they normally have like seven, eight matches. So yeah, this is. Yeah, they're getting pretty close. I imagine next week we'll probably learn a lot more. That that's why I think that there is a huge match with all these guides in it. Mm-hmm. Because that could be it. That's what they're just waiting for. Like that's why these guys, none of these guys have anything announced, just because they're all in it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that makes sense because the Young Bucks haven't lost their title yet, so they can't announce that match. They have to have them lose, and then. Oh god! Just imagine the all the different story shit that's going to happen because you know, you know, Good Brothers are going to be involved in that main event next week. You know, Inner Circle is going to be involved in that main event next week. You know, like the two big storylines are converging. Mm-hmm. And that's true. This is the type of AW booking that I love. It's what they were doing going into uh, Revolution last year. Mm-hmm. Where they had all. Yeah, it's always good whenever all your stories, not all your stories, but a bunch of your stories can intertwine. Yeah, the stories are crisscrossing. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it was fun. All right, I guess we should probably call this because we're, uh, we're coming up on. I don't know when we. When did we. Uh, how long has this recording been going? 209. Jesus, again. All right. <laughs> Lots to talk about. Yes, it's exciting time. There was a lot to talk about, and we did our we did our top ten wrestlers, so it took which yes, took a little too. time. That took more mm-hmm. time than normal. Okay, so we will see you next week, hopefully with some more big news.